Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on Stats Canada's Seedings Intentions reports. Up first in today's country comment, CAP President Bill Campbell will give us his thoughts on this week's COVID-19 funding announcement. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute and here's today's country comment. Joining us on the program today is Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell with his thoughts on this week's federal funding announcement to help farmers deal with the impacts of COVID-19. It's gratifying to know that they have finally realized that uh, there is an issue in agriculture and that uh, this is hopefully the first step in, in some uh, many more that maybe will come, but uh, uh, it was uh, a little disappointing in, in the uh, announcement and uh, the uh, financial uh, package at this point in time. And talk a bit about uh, what we heard about uh, business risk management programming. Well, I think it, it needs to be understood that the business risk management component is a federal-provincial shared agreement, and it's 60% federal and 40% uh, provincial. Uh, and at this point in time, we haven't heard if the provincial government will uh, commit to their portion of this uh, part. So um, there's been, uh, you know, probably three to four years of negotiations to retool some of the business risk management parts. And we have been unable to achieve uh, that at this point in time. And uh, I know that I personally was at the CF meeting, CFA meeting last year in July in Quebec City when the federal and provincial territory ag ministers and the federal minister were together and uh, they indicated some minor changes, but uh, uh, really we haven't seen anything of significance and change in that part. So, um, you know, I guess it's a small right first step, but um, it'll be interesting to see how it is rolled out. It will be the interesting part and I, I guess another big uh, big chunk of that money uh, will be used uh, for things like personal protective equipment for for uh, processing plants yeah and, and we you know I think uh, first and foremost is that uh, we want to have a safe and uh, uh, secure uh, workforce and so when these people are working in the food processing industry we, we need to ensure that they feel confident in, in where they are working and safe and are able to return home uh, uh, after a, a long day's work. And so I think that's paramount. So how that is delivered will be uh, interesting as well, because the food processing industry is a very complex industry with lots of different components to it. And so uh, hopefully that this is spread across the industry, you know, be it for vegetable crops or horticulture, uh, seafood, uh, you know, lots of different aspects with regards to being able to put food in the grocery stores. Anything else stand out for you in the announcement? Well, I guess um, the part with the $50 million to purchase agricultural uh, products and distribute them, I think that this is a, a question that society probably needs to deal with, that when we have excess uh, production and it's going to waste, that we need to be able to get these food products to those who are our most vulnerable and and children that need this nutrition and uh so we uh we need to look at a you know some government 
style programs to ensure that the food banks are looked after and that people are nourished because I I still uh, suggest that the second most important thing in this country uh, behind healthcare and and uh, frontline workers is to ensure that everybody gets fed and so uh, that that part will be very interesting on how it is uh, rolled out. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Statistics Canada is expecting Manitoba soybean acres to fall almost 18% this year to 1.2 million acres, the lowest area since 2013, and the third consecutive year that seeded area declined. John Drieger is Vice President with Leftfield Commodity Research. Not a surprise. You know, we, we know that the soybeans have been challenged a little bit agronomically here over the last year or two, so certainly that doesn't help. Uh, prices are a little lackluster. I, I think the overall environment for for soybeans, from a from a broader price uh, perspective, doesn't look uh, doesn't look that exciting. And so, uh, you know, I think we're in a, in a window here where it's, it's not surprising that growers are gonna gonna shift their attention to maybe some other crops. Drieger says the numbers may change as COVID nineteen created some discrepancies with the Stats Canada survey. Federal Conservative ag critic John Barlow says some of the money announced this week by the government wasn't new funding. He says the Liberals re-announced $125 million already budgeted in the Agra Recovery Program. Barlow notes the Conservatives will continue to press the government on reforming business risk management programs. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture says this week's federal COVID-19 relief package for the agri-food industry falls short. Here's CFA Second Vice President Chris Vandenhuvel. Our industry is facing exceptional circumstances, as are all Canadians right now. And uh, while we certainly appreciate the, uh, the the mention of agriculture and the relief uh, uh, that's uh, being announced, it still falls well, well short of what uh, our sector needs in order to get us through these exceptional times. Last week, CFA asked for a $2.6 billion agri-food emergency fund to be established. And CN Rail says after having its second best first quarter in Western Canadian grain movement, the company moved 2.73 million metric tons in April, exceeding its previous April record of 2.72. Movements also exceeded the three-year average for April and March. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Agwire for Thursday, May 7th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on Stats Canada's Seedings Intentions Report. Statistics Canada released its Seeding Intentions Report this morning. I got the details from John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research. I think by and large, there wasn't a whole lot on the major crops that was overly striking. You know, we saw canola maybe on the lower end of, of what the trade was looking for. Uh, basically a small reduction, although, you know, I think coming in, when you look at estimates for canola, it was sort of either side of, of unchanged from last year. We saw a small reduction, so nothing there that I think that would that would jump out, uh, maybe other than the fact that, you know, we have a reasonably tight canola market, and, and certainly, uh, you know, even a small reduction in acres uh, maybe helps contribute to that. But, but you know, within the bell curve of, uh, of, of expectations, and certainly, you know, within the range of where, uh, you know, where, where yield plays a much larger role than a, than a tweak in acres here or there. Uh, you know, in terms of the all-wheat number, I mean, that also came in pretty close to what people were expecting, but maybe where the surprise is uh, is, is that uh, Durham was up from this last year, but maybe not as much as some had been expecting. You know, that Durham market has been very strong, and uh, so I think 
you know, as we look at a final wheat acre number, maybe the, the, the headline overall number doesn't change that much, but maybe we see some shuffling around of where those acres are in future reports. And, and I think that there's a pretty good chance that uh, maybe we see more Durham planted than, uh, than what was ultimately reported here this morning. Uh, you know, maybe in terms of, of one, uh, one area as well, we, you know, they showed lentils as being essentially flat. You know, there, there's, there's no doubt that we'll see more lentils planted here in Western Canada. Uh, probably two parts that, uh, that maybe come into, into that, uh, a smaller number. One again is, is just the fact that maybe that survey got cut off a little bit here. And, and so they have a bit of a, a smaller sample size, but, but also, you know, some of the action in, in lentil with new crop prices, some acreage switching will have happened. You know, after that survey was done, so maybe it doesn't capture some of the latest sentiment. So, you know, those are a few things that we're uh, we're looking at. But uh, again, you know, I think in terms of uh, you know the actual you know sort of drilling down to the to the decimal point with some of these numbers, maybe it's more just to you know help give a little sense of of, of of trends with acres, you know, compared to last year, rather than maybe getting too hung up on a specific number, which. Uh, you know, as as they mentioned, and, and as we know, maybe is uh, likely to see some some changes here between uh, now and what the final figure comes in at. For uh, for soybeans, um, the report is expecting an eight point seven percent decrease across the country. Uh, a bigger drop in Manitoba here, about seventeen point six percent drop uh, down to one point two million acres. Um, uh, just a comment on that. Yeah, you know, no surprise, really. You know, we've been looking for a pretty good size decline in soybeans. And, and I mean, the, the, the drop is actually quite dramatic when you look at, say, what we planted two years ago. Uh, but but not a surprise. You know, we, we know that uh, soybeans have been challenged a little bit agronomically here over the last year or two. So certainly that doesn't help. Uh, prices are a little lackluster. I, I think the overall environment for, for soybeans from a, from a broader price uh, perspective doesn't look uh, doesn't look that exciting. And so... Uh, you know, I think we're in a, in a window here where it's, it's not surprising that growers are going to going to shift their attention to maybe some other crops. Uh, you know, perhaps if that that soybean market, as we look down the road, uh, you know, becomes a little bit more exciting and becomes a little more bullish, and maybe farmers have a year or two of of, of better uh, production results, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that number climb again down the road. But but in this particular season, yeah, no 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 surprise that we're seeing a fairly sizable drop in soybeans. I think that was expected. That was John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research talking about this morning Statistics Canada Seeding Intentions report. He notes some of the numbers may change due to discrepancies caused by COVID-19. The Alberta government has established an industry advisory committee to act as champions of agriculture. Glendalee Allen-Vosser had a chance to talk with Jill Harvey, one of the committee co-chairs for the Ag Industry Advisory Committee, about the task ahead. What is the goal here? Well, the goal so far is to bring a a volunteer group of representatives that's a cross-section of agriculture that can provide an advisory role to the minister in terms of um, all things uh, food, um, agri-food, agriculture, making sure that we elevate um, and um, uh, really provide a platform for agriculture um, in, in a broader sense. So uh, providing more insights, more stories, more informa- I guess more information about where our food comes from. How important is this for the industry and for the province? I think it's time we get back to our roots. 
And um, if we look at that, I'm, I'm really excited that uh, this committee has come together so that we can provide some insight of different ways that we can relay um, our stories. And, and so when people um, experience food, food has a great way of bringing people together. Um, they can experience it in a way that they can also then know all of the hands that were a part of, you know, growing the food and getting it to our plate. No doubt you're going to be looking at some of the the challenges that the industry is is facing. What do you think some of the biggest ones are? Well, we're in the midst of a pandemic, of course, and so international market changes um, will and can occur, um, potential trade challenges, um, as well as just making sure that um, our food supply and the supply chain here in Canada um, is strong and is able to flourish and, and really provide the nourishment to our um, to our citizens and and those that are our customers globally. So there, are, I believe that that's the number one um, area that we're going to be tackling. Number number one, uh, making sure that communication back to our consumers about um, you know where their food comes from and and the importance of the various players along the supply chain and all of the great people that are a part of the food supply chain and making sure that we highlight that as well. To me, that's really near and dear to my heart. I started a, a, a podcast a few months ago, ago called Food Careers. And um, it's just ironic that now I think this is something that we really, really need to um, dive into a little bit more because for myself, I think there are just so many interesting and fulfilling careers that are tied to food, whether you're a potato farmer in PEI or Alberta, a gate-to-plate type of uh, farm store on on your own location, or if you go to a farmer's market and provide your fresh foods locally, there's just a lot of different great um, opportunities for us to showcase those people and to also attract more people to agriculture and really hoping to get more um, of agriculture in education and whether it be in the curriculum or having some additional ways of having programming that can really get more people excited about being part of the food industry. That was Jill Harvey, one of the committee co-chairs for Alberta's Agriculture Industry Advisory Committee. She was speaking with reporter Glenda Lee Allen Vossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Livestock Markets Association of Canada annual convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada also postponed. Cropsapalooza 2020 scheduled for July in Carberry has been cancelled. Brandon's Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. The Red River Exhibition in Winnipeg cancelled this summer. And the 66th Manitoba Thresherman's Reunion and Stampede also cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. We've been hearing a lot about murder hornets in the news lately. I got the details from the province's entomologist, John Gavlowski. Proper common name is actually Asian giant hornet. I'm not sure where the term murder hornet came about, but um, more commonly they're called uh, Asian giant hornets. That's the proper common name. And as the name would imply, they're native to Asia. So uh, Japan, China, India, Nepal, Laos, 
a um, little bit of uh, eastern Russia. That's the area that they're native to. They're a very giant wasp. They're actually the largest species of wasp in the world. And uh, their stinger is a little bit bigger than your average beer wasp. Uh, they can be a problem for beekeepers. They, they eat other insects primarily. So bees, wasps, um, where they're native to, there's mantids and things like that, which are uh, really good prey for them. Um, they can really decimate a bee hive if the bees are um, not able to protect themselves. Now, there's different types of honeybees. Our western bees would be helpless against them. Uh, there's uh, bees in Asia as a type they, they produce in Japan that have a defense mechanism where when one enters the hive, they basically swarm it and they suffocate and um, the, the swarm gets so large that the heat and the carbon dioxide that they produce actually kill the hornet. So the, some of the native bees in Asia can defend themselves. Honeybees here wouldn't be able to. So that's why there's a concern. Now the other concern is uh, with uh, travel these days, things do get moved around. Uh, in September, they did find uh, an actual colony of them on Vancouver Island near Nanaimo. Uh, very quickly, entomologists went out and destroyed that nest of Asian giant hornets. Uh, they did find a dead specimen in Washington State, um, kind of across the border from Vancouver, uh, in December. So that is causing concern that there could be some established in Washington State as well. And I know the Washington State, their Department of Agriculture there has a... Um, they're trying to inform people about them just to get people watching so that if by chance they are establishing, they can potentially try to get some eradication measures in place. So that's probably where all the news about them starting to come from. They're doing an information campaign in the uh, northwestern states just to get people alerted to the fact that um, they have been sighted, watch for them, and we can try to get rid of them if they're found. Any concern that this could show up in, uh, in Manitoba here? Right now, uh, I would say no. Uh, the sightings that have occurred so far have, the, both sightings have been um, on the West Coast, so that Vancouver, Victoria, uh, Vancouver Island area and Washington State. Uh, the suspicion is that they probably came over on cargo ships, um, so they haven't been found anywhere close to Manitoba. Uh, the other thing, too, is they, where they're native to, they prefer... Uh, to nest in forested areas and kind of low mountain areas. They don't do too well in plains. That was John Gavlosky, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture, giving us the details on murder hornets. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Statistics Canada says nationally farmers expect to plant 3.3% more acres of wheat this year to 25.4 million acres. John Drieger is vice president with the Leftfield Commodity Research. Uh, you know, in terms of the all-wheat number, I mean, that also came in pretty close to what people were expecting, but maybe where the surprise is uh, is, is that uh, Durham was up from this last year, but maybe not as much as some had been expecting. You know, the Durham market has been very strong. And uh, so I think, you know, as we look at a final wheat acre number, maybe the, the, the headline overall number doesn't change that much, but maybe we see some shuffling around of where those acres are in future reports. And, and I think that there's a pretty good chance that uh, 
maybe we see more Durham planted than uh, than what was ultimately reported here this morning. Drieker says the numbers may change as COVID-19 created some discrepancies with the Stats Canada survey. This week, the federal government announced $252 million in new funding for the agriculture industry in response to COVID-19. More than $77 million will be used to help food processors protect the safety of workers. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers. How that is delivered will be uh, interesting as well because the food processing industry is a very complex industry with lots of different components to it. And hopefully that this is spread across the industry, you know, be it for vegetable crops or horticulture, uh, seafood, uh, you know, lots of different aspects with regards to being able to put food in the grocery stores. Campbell was glad to see some progress in terms of business risk management programming. However, he says the issue still needs to be fixed. And the Canadian Grain Commission's Spring Harvested Canola and Flaxseed Research Project is back up and running after being temporarily suspended due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The CGC is looking for samples from Canadian producers of canola and flaxseed that was seeded in 2019 but not harvested until this spring. Farmers who participate in the project will receive a detailed report on the quality of their spring harvested crop. The Grain Research Laboratory conducted similar research on overwintered canola back in 2016. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.